Would you open your Bibles with me to uh, uh, the uh, 13th chapter of the uh, book of Romans? Uh, giving some thought to the new year, I think, first thing I want to say to you is uh, what my heart's desire for you is. Rather than wishing, wishing you a, a happy new year, I would rather say, uh, my dear, uh, uh, my beloved brothers and sisters of the Sanctuary Church, uh, I pray that God will, uh, uh, that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your souls prosper. And with that, let me give you an update on Miss Anita. Uh, Mrs. Williams, my wife, as you know, uh, we discussed lymphoma, and she went this week for her first treatment. And uh, I have a good report. Uh, you know, the, uh, this drip lasts for about four hours, and it's kind of a cocktail of some sort, and they put cortisone in it. Well, folks our age have a lot of joint pain, especially when it's cold. Cortisone is a wonderful thing that at least for a little while you get a little relief. <laughs> so she came home and she's been a whirling dervish. <laughs> and you know, sometimes God just surprises you. You expect uh, the worst and sometimes it's the best. And that's just how wonderful our God is. So uh, we're going to keep her shut in pretty good for the next month and uh Three more uh, uh, days, uh, uh, she goes once a week, so three more days this month, and uh, we'll see what happens. But God's working on our behalf. Well, I wanted to talk to you today, and let me, let me uh, select for you and, and point you to a particular verse within this 13th chapter of uh, Romans that will set the stage for the message this morning. He says this, Besides this, in verse 11 of chapter 13, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep. And then he says, for salvation is nearer than ever before. And so this whole waking up thing is something that we go through every day of our lives. And so it's the alarm that goes off in the morning, and off to work we go, or off to school we go. The alarm goes off. We, we grow up with an alarm clock. I, I, I kind of wake up with a light. Uh, I, I think I've outgrown the alarm clock, and at this age in life, you know, the, the biorhythms of the body, uh, they, they happen, and you wake up. And so there's an awakening that, that has to happen. I think about in the military, Reveille, you guys that were in the military, the, the uh, bugle goes off, it's time to get up. Also, you know, we have gorged out on football games. I don't know about you, but I did. I watched football until I got blurry-eyed, and I finally gave up uh, when Baylor was playing last night because it was just a slow game, and Baylor did win, and I know Pastor Rod's happy about that because Garrett went to Baylor. So uh, anyway, but you know the the uh, the coin is tossed. Uh, uh, you're going to defend this goal. You're going to kick off, and then the whistle blows, and the alarm sounds, and the game's underway. One of my favorite events is the uh, four by uh, 400 meter relay race. 
in the Olympics. You know, these guys are so fast that they'll run a mile in less than three minutes. It's an amazing race to watch. And uh, Rod says less than four minutes. Okay, I'll go with Rod. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they just, uh, you know, they, they get in those starter blocks, the gun sounds, and they're off. And I was thinking about last year and the years of our lives and what is yet to come, that in a real sense, uh, it's a relay. Uh, especially at this time in life for me, you know, I was thinking about uh, uh, the race that I have run. I would say if I was running a, a quarter of a mile or a mile, let's say a mile, I'm running a mile, and, and I'm... I'm gone about uh, uh, 90% of the way, and there's about 10% left for me, but I'm still running. Some of you uh, are just beginning, and some of you are in the middle of the race, but you're running. And I, I want us to be reminded again of this race that God has called us to run, and what does it look like? And so uh, I want you to hear me say this to you this morning, it is our time. It's our time, our opportunity uh, to run for Christ and to live uh, the year 2022 in a way in which we honor him with our lives. Well, you might ask, well, what does that look like? So let's look at this text and read a little bit, and then I'll make some comments. Uh, it's interesting if you begin up in the eighth verse, uh, to set it up, uh, Paul has come to this practical section in the book of Romans, and he's very much concerned about how folks that are in Christ should live their lives. And so it's a, a social order, if you will, uh, in the text, where we render honor to those to whom honor is due. We pay our taxes. We become good citizens. So he's talking about that. And then uh, he frames it this way, and he says, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment uh, are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Uh, the scripture does not give us an option. It gives us a command. It is not an option to love other people. It is a command. Uh, the setting for this command really comes from Jesus himself, and it goes way back to Moses uh, in the giving of the law. A lawyer came to Jesus who was skilled in the law, the law of Moses, and to test Jesus, he said, uh, how does one inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, well, what does the law say? And so the lawyer says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you're to love your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer, wanting to justify himself, got testy with Jesus, and he said, well, who's my neighbor? And then you know the story. It's the familiar story of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10. 
Jesus told a story about a man traveling uh, uh, towards Jericho, and uh, he fell among robbers, and he was beaten, abused, and left uh, wounded, perhaps dying. Priest passed by, uh, ignored the man. A Levi, who was also one of the persons in charge of the religious services in Jerusalem. He passed by on the other side. And then Jesus had a way of putting his thumb in the eyes of those Pharisaical leaders in Jerusalem because he talks about a Samaritan. Samaritans uh, were hated by the Jews. They were a mixed race of people, and uh, they just didn't get along. They argued over where the place of worship was and such as that. So Jews didn't have much dealing with Samaritans. But Jesus uses as the hero in this story a Samaritan. And so the Samaritan bound up the man's wounds, put him on his animal, took him to a place where he could be cared for. And he gave this instruction. He says, I want you to take care of this man and lay it to my account. And if I owe you more, when I get back, I will pay you. And so Jesus asked the lawyer, who was a friend to this man? And, of course, the lawyer had to admit it was the Samaritan. Well, let me tell you about what happened last week. John Madden died. Now, you non-football fans may not know John Madden, but John Madden was the uh, coach uh, of the Raiders back many, many years ago. And uh, John had a great personality. I like John, uh, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but I don't like the Raiders. I am not a Raider fan. However, I really am a John Madden fan. John passed away and all the accolades. Uh, John was famous for his turducken. You know what a turducken is? It's a duck stuffed with a chicken stuffed into a turkey. And on Thanksgiving Day, John always talked about the turducken. Now, I'm not sure if that really happened or not, but it made a great story. And so uh, I like John Madden. John Madden, uh, he, he's just the kind of guy I like. And then I heard, and remember, uh, I'm a starch uh, and stayed conservative when it comes to my politics. And I heard that Harry Reid died. Now, if you know who Harry Reid is, you know that he served as the uh, in the Senate uh, in the uh, House of Representatives, and uh, he had Nancy Pelosi's job uh, before he retired. And uh, that uh, that uh, that side of the political aisle is is not my favorite side. So uh, Harry died. Now, it is interesting to me how uh, something happened in my heart, how much I do not love like Jesus, because John is somebody I like, and so I love John. Harry disagrees with me politically, so how can I love him? Well, I think the answer to that is this, that the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts and we're fully capacitated to love everybody if the reality is, will we, will we do it or not? 
Uh, as a postscript, I was watching uh, a little uh, bio of Harry Reid's life. And, uh, you know, we judge uh, so much by the outer or by what somebody says or what they do or what they believe. And <clears throat> Harry Reid was born in Searchlight, Nevada. You know where Searchlight is? It's way out there in nowhere land. It's just, you know, it's just a little one-street town. Uh, they pointed out the shack that he grew up in. Uh, he grew up in poverty, terrible poverty. His dad was a chronic alcoholic, as was his mother. And she did laundry for a brothel in order to make the family work. When I read that, I have to tell you, I had to repent. I said, oh, God, what is it in me that judges, out of the, uh, uh, judges so much about the, from the outside? And, uh, you know, in every human heart, there's brokenness, there's sorrow, there's pain. Uh, we all go through horrible things, and we have our good days and our bad days, and we all need love. But the love that the world has to offer is if you're a fan, if you, uh, you like something that the person does, or the way they look, or the way they act. But Jesus' love is so far superior to that, is it not? He loved us while we were yet sinners. He died for us while we were his enemies. He loves us as we are, and that's the love he has called us to. And it's our time in our world to love as Jesus loved. It is not an option if you are a Christ follower. But I want to tell you, you're fully equipped to do so if you will simply, and if I will simply yield my life and my heart to the voice of the Spirit and not to the voice of my carnality, uh, to my new nature in Christ, not to the old nature that I was born with, of all of its prejudice and all of its bias. So uh, I believe this, it's our time uh, to love obediently. But also it's uh, our time to think soberly. Now look again at that 11th verse. It says, behind this, you know, the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first begun. You know, I was thinking about uh, my own life and uh, what's going on right now uh, around me. Uh, over this, um, the last two or three weeks, I've had uh, two colleagues die of COVID. They were about my age, served the Lord with them in different denominational positions. Um, these are my, my contemporaries. Uh, they're, they're fast fading, and we've had the resurgence of uh, COVID-19. And what's this, uh, Omicron, whatever that is. So uh, we, we're very fearful people at this time, and we're very much uh, uh, concerned about what's going on in our world. One of the brothers said to me before the service this morning, he says, you know, you really, we just don't know what's going on in our world. It's, it's just kind of a scary time to live, and it is. But on the other hand, we serve a great God, and it's, our time to shine for him. It's our time to be effective for him. Uh, I think about uh, uh, how uh, 
we look at time as if uh, that we have all, uh, it's never going to run out. It, it, it's, we, it, we're always going to have time. But bro, uh, brothers and sisters, we don't. We don't. Time is running out. I think of uh, how short life really is and what Jesus had to say about that. He says, don't you know your life is like a vapor? It's here today and it's gone. Scripture talks about it. I think it's James that talks about our lives being like a vapor. Jesus said uh, our, our lives are like, like flowers that just spring up and then they wilt in the heat. And so life is very short. And so uh, I do believe that God is saying to us as the church, as the sanctuary church, let's wake up. What are the opportunities that are around us for Jesus Christ? The sphere of influence that you have, the people that you work with, your next-door neighbors, um, are you sharing Christ with them? Uh, do you realize this is an opportune moment? I was standing in line uh, at Vaughn's, and uh, there was a man who's well, a younger guy, and, and I said, well, you, you just got one thing. You, you coming from No, no, no. He said, I got plenty of time. And uh, he said, there's something pleasant about his voice, but he had a mask on, and it was a Raider mask. So now I have a decision. Do I even want to talk to this guy? He's got a Raider mask on. So I thought, well, I'm going to see if I can strike up a conversation with this guy. I said, how, how far do you think the Raiders will go in the uh, playoffs this year? Oh, he says, I don't, I don't know if we'll make it or not. He says, we're not doing all that well. I said, well, tell me about John Groden. You know, he was the coach that they let go this year. I said, I don't know the details of that. And so he told me about John's past. He'd made some remarks years and years ago that came to light, and so he was fired. He's no longer the coach of the Raiders. His career has been ruined. So I looked at the man. I said, you know, in this life, we don't get very much forgiveness, do we? And he says, boy, you're right. I said, which of us would like to have on the big screen our lives? Uh, that, that wouldn't be good, would it? And how much forgiveness would we get? And I said, you know, I'm so thankful that Jesus, Jesus forgives us. And he just lit up like that. And I said to him, are you going to church anywhere? He said, well, you know, I'm a Catholic. And he said, I, I, my wife and I really love the Lord, but we're not real happy with what's going on in our church now, so we don't go that often. I said, well, you know what? I'm not a Catholic, but I go to church. And I said, a lot of people in our church kind of feel like you do. They're not all that happy with what's going on in the Protestant denominations and the churches in America. But I said, I do know this much. I know that Jesus Christ is still our personal Savior and our Lord. You know, we had the best conversation. But I want to tell you, all around you there are those opportunities if you'll just avail yourself of them. But I tell you, it's going to come from a profound sense of love for others. We are so, and I'll get, I don't want to scold you. It's uh, first, <laughs> I'm going to scold you. <laughs> I'm going to scold myself. I am so much into me. <laughs> it's all about me. Life is always about me. And I think God wants to get me out of me. <laughs> he wants to get me into him. He wants me to love people like he loves people 
to look out for their highest good. Not my best good, but their best good, because their best good will become my best good. That's the ordination of the Lord. That's what he's called us to do, to love one another. And when we look at the commands of God, we know they're impossible to fulfill in and of ourselves. But we have a mighty anointing from God. The Spirit of God lives in us. Uh, the love of God lives in our hearts. And so we are uh, profoundly equipped to love others. But in order to do that, we're going to have to look at the rest of the text. So here we go. In the uh, 13th, uh, the 12th verse, he says this, uh, <clears throat> the night is far spent, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual, uh, sexual immorality and sensuality, not in uh, quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires." And so uh, the third point I want to make this morning is that we're called to be godly. And what does that mean we have to do? We have to cast off or take off the works of darkness, and we have to put on the armor of light. Isn't that interesting, the contrast between works and armor? Uh, you, you watch the football games, and you realize there's a helmet that they have on. They have shoulder pads on. I don't know if they do anymore, but we used to wear hip pads and thigh pads. And uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're uh, uh, shielded from the blows that were going to happen when we're playing football. You're going to get hit, and you're going to hit others. You need, you need some defense. You need some, some protection on your body. And I think about Paul writing. You know, when he wrote in Ephesians, and he says, oh, you know what? You need, you need to... Gird yourself with truth. You need to put on uh, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. You need to shod your feet with peace. You need to put on the helmet of salvation. And you need to take in hand the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then we often overlook this one. And Daryl, I'm going to peck on you because Daryl's the best guy in that, this room that I know that talks about prayer. And Daryl talks to us all the time about praying, praying, praying. I noticed he and Barbara came out of that side room this morning. I know what they were doing in there. They were praying. Do we understand that we have a pipeline to God? And if we're going to be our best for him, then we've got to keep that pipeline open. We've got to spend time in his word. You will never be uh, as effective as you can be for Jesus Christ unless you keep your nose in the book. There is no excuse for you. You are illiterate people. And I am so tired of people saying, I am too busy to read the Bible. That's like saying to me, I'm too busy to ever eat. How's that going to work for you? Uh, I'm too busy ever to drink. What's going to satisfy your thirst then? Oh, that our hearts would pant for God like the deer pants after the water. 
Oh, that we would feed on the bread of life and nourish our souls and become strong in Jesus. We've got a message to take the world, a wonderful message that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. And we're living in a world that's just frightened, terribly frightened. Everybody's afraid. And God is speaking to our hearts that we have an opportunity to bring to them the love of God. Perfect love casts out fear, and we are armed with the love of God. Uh, I, I, I think about the, the whole idea of changing clothes. Uh, uh, now, I'm going to say something, and let me clarify it. I used to wear hot pants. Now, think about that. What might that look like? Well, remember, I'm a journeyman roofer. And uh, ran roofing crews and ran a hot mop. Asphalt comes up on the roof at about uh, 400 degrees. I don't know the new products, but that's the way it used to be. And uh, we have a pumper kettle that comes pumps the hot asphalt up on the roof. I've got a mop cart that holds about 20 gallons of, of asphalt. I've got a mop, and I'm mopping. And my helper, he's laying out the paper, and then I'm mopping, and they're throwing rock into the, the, for the finished product on the roof. Well, I, I always wore Levi's and boots because I'm waiting around this asphalt. And it's, it splashes up on my pants. And so, you know, I can't afford to wear a new pair of pants every day, so I have my hot pants. Hot pants are in my truck. Or my hot pants are in the storage bin at the business that I work for. And I come in in the morning when I'm running the hot crew, and I put on my hot pants. But in the early days, because I was bivocational for a number of years, uh, Wednesday night we always had prayer meeting and, and Bible study. I mean, that, that was just in the agenda. We did that always and always and always. So I would rush home and take off my hot pants, take a shower, clean up. And in those days, you wouldn't dare go to church without a sports jacket on at the minimum. And if you were really going to be uh, uh, recognized as a person of status, you needed to wear a necktie. Now, you can imagine that. You've sweat all day in the sun. Uh, you're worn out. And now you've got to come home and you've got to change your clothes. Well, in a real sense, that happens. We live in a world and we become soiled by the world. We become soiled in many, many different ways. And so the scripture is always calling us to change our clothes, to change our clothes, to take a shower, to clean up, to make ourselves presentable. My, my point was I wanted to go to church, and I did not want to offend anybody. I wanted to be uh, accepted by them so that what I had to say would find its place. I, I'm really happy today that I could dress like this. I don't have to wear a necktie or a suit, and it's perfectly acceptable. But you know, the importance of it is you dress for the occasion. And what is the occasion? The occasion is the day of salvation. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day that he's created, and he's created you for this day, for the next year, and every year beyond that. 
to be his witness to this world. And so let me close with this thought. It is your time. It is my time. God is calling us to wake up. And so here's what I want to just challenge you with. I I, I want you to just uh, uh, close your eyes for a moment and kind of reflect a little bit on where you're at. What are your priorities? What are you, have you done in the past with the time it's given you? And uh, uh, let the past be the past. Praise God that in him every day is brand new. And, and, and let's begin a new winning streak today. And let's consecrate our hearts to Jesus Christ. For, and uh, that we will be the instruments of his grace in this new year. So, Jesus, as we bow before you, my prayer is this, that we will clothe ourselves with you. That, uh, Lord, that uh, the, the garment that we, they will see on us is nothing, nothing less than you yourself. And, and, and clothe us, Lord, not only in your righteousness, but in your character, with your love. And help us, Lord, to redeem the time that you've given us and to use it wisely in your kingdom. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.